Okay, okay. Welcome back. One way ratchet. <laughs> Dan, it's been a while. It's been about 10 days and we are done with our 10, uh, 10 things you need to know about Bitcoin uh, sort of capsule uh, capsule show. And this is an exciting moment because we're now throwing off all the fetters and we're talking about whatever is best, uh, whatever feels feather, right in the feathers? moment. Like feathers, feathers? Like a pink boa? Or... Feathers. Feathers. Oh, okay. <laughs> feathers. Chains. The, bo- the bounds. The bounds of reality. Okay. We're, escape- we're slipping the bounds of reality. Um, you are in uh, the Southeast. I'm in the West Coast and uh, we're doing it remote. And this is exciting in large part because this is our first sort of without a real, um, I know everybody who's listening thinks we've been just so professional and so dialed in and by the book and on point and agenda by agenda. I know you all feel that way today. It might feel a little different because we have zero agenda other than to talk about some big picture things uh, that we're both thinking about. Yeah. Well, we are off script. We are into wide open terrain. We just we're ducked like under the, the rope and we're skiing fresh powder. We're in fresh pow. I was thinking we're more like that first wave of settlers going west. We're across the plains right now, right? No yeah. freaking clue what's on the other side. We don't know if we're going to make it. Right? We probably won't make it, at least not all together. We might get dysentery. We might found <laughs> San Francisco, like one, one or the other. For, for another pod, little teaser, we are going to do a deep dive, though, on that the metaphor of crossing the plane, the manifest destiny, the westward, Western expansion. Yes. There's a lot of overlap with Bitcoin as, yeah. as an aside. I love that stuff. But also today, I just want to make a little reference. The, yeah, we finished the 10, getting some good reviews, I have good. to say. I'm getting some very positive feedback. What did Michael Saylor say? He is going to start, he's going to start quoting us now. <laughs> he can't wait to drop fiat fuckery on a keynote somewhere. I mean, that if that's not a term that's right up his alley, I don't know what is. Right up his alley. Also, I think we should make note that you are minus your normal microphone today. Yes. Yeah. So the audio, your audio level is probably going to sound a little muted for most people. Most people are very myself to lean forward. Yeah, they're used to your very deep, rich, resonant. Dulcet tones. Barry White. Barry Barry White. Just talking talking sense right into both of their ear holes. Right. <laughs> I'm the Barry White of Ross, California, in fact. <laughs> as it turns That's out. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. So Dan, tell me, you're in Florida. What's been going on? What are some highlights? I haven't frankly been keeping up with the news of late, um, especially as it pertains to Bitcoin. Wait, any any just like couple quick highlights that we should talk about? Yeah, well, one we have to talk about. Right. It's tangentially related to Bitcoin. It's really just peak fiat. Yes. It's a celebration of fiat. Last week was Art Basel in Miami. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who doesn't know, Art Basel is this massive art show. And with with now it's an entire art week. Right. With about a dozen satellite shows all over Miami. Art Basel itself, though, is at the convention center, Miami Beach. It's massive. Mm-hmm. It's several football fields large, packed. And then these satellite shows are these massive white tents that they erect, like a couple on the beach, a couple over back in Miami or Wynwood. I mean, they're just all over. Each one of those is huge. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm of two minds of it. 
because on the one hand, I just love walking around that scene. I, yeah. I always have. It's it's cool. There's a lot of stuff to look at, both on the wall and all around you. The people, of course, mm-hmm. you know, art world people. But really why I brought it up is because it couldn't be more late stage, end of empire, peak fiat. If you were like central casting for a movie about what we're talking about, about Bitcoin Lens. So interesting. It's it's sort of the opposite of proof of work, the antithesis. Mm. Some of them and some of the art, which art is so subjective, of course, for me to like rail on modern art is silly because some of it is great. And of course, it's all in the eye of the beholder. Yep. But man, is some of it stupid. It's all in the eye of the appraiser, I think. Actually. <laughs> as long as there's one willing buyer for that freaking Mickey Mouse in the, you know, where you like look at it from one angle, it's Mickey Mouse. And from another, it's like Mao or something. Yeah. It's like, guys, it's, just, it's not even interesting. Whatever you're trying to say. It's stupid. <laughs> and I was talking to Greg, you know, we, 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 unfortunately we recorded a pod down here in person, yep. but we also had some audio issues. We, neither one of us had our microphone on us. So we tried to do it on speaking into the same uh, phone, the two of us together oh, like at, <laughs> at the, at the counter, like a, at a standing bar. That's like a lady in like, the tramp eating pasta moment. Your mouths <laughs> came together. <laughs> It was exactly like that. And um, it sounded like garbage. So it couldn't, there was, it wasn't even salvageable, but we, okay. we got into this. But Saifedean, of course, in the Bitcoin standard, he has a real special hatred for modern art. Ah, interesting. And, you know, he does, he talks about it so eloquently, but about, you know, this fiat world, this like consumption and lack of va- things of substance and value mm-hmm. and whatnot. What I would, I would actually pay some Bitcoin. I would part with some Bitcoin for the opportunity to put a few drinks into Saifedean and to walk around Art Basel with him just for live commentary. That's a good idea. Sort of a live stream show from Art Basel from a, from a contrarian's uh, perspective. Well, Trent, that's excellent. You're teasing, you're teasing future pods, future specials we can do. There we go. I mean, this uh, one-way ratchet, this pod and this project is so evergreen, and we're going to have to go remote. Live from Art Basel. I love it. Live from Art Basel. So you've not, you obviously have never been, right? But you're, you know of it. I know of it. I've never been. Yeah. So it's, it's mainly modern art, although in the main show, the main Art Basel show at the convention center, there's plenty of classics. I mean, there's legitimate fine art there as well. But for the most part, Miami is like a pop art type place, graffiti yep. art, all that kind of, yep. by the way, the graffiti art, things like that are cool. Yeah. All over Wynwood neighborhood of Miami, which is, used to be this edgy sort of off the beaten path warehouse district is now an, a, an arts district, with tons of restaurants and the street art around there is actually cool, but it's just this more, so ridiculously commercialized. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you remember last year the whole banana, the duct tape, duct tape yeah, banana? Yeah, the duct tape banana. I was going to ask you about that. Well, that so that in a, that in an image for anyone who doesn't know, last year at Art Basel, there's this the the thing that was in all the headlines was this thing that went for like a hundred grand, and it was literally a banana duct tape to a canvas. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. And then after it was bought and you know red dot, you know bought. 
some someone came by and just ripped a banana off the wall and ate it. <laughs> Which now, now it's just that sad piece of duct tape dangling off the uh, canvas. It looked now like he used to hold banana. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, so I was reading this thing, uh, and and it was it was admittedly like a conspiracy theorist take on on fine art, mo- especially modern art. And the whole thing was, it's actually like the greatest ta- tax loophole, tax shelter of all mm-hmm. time. You're you're a billionaire and you're trying to avoid taxes as much as possible. So you have a friend in the art appraising world who appraises a modern, who, who appraises a piece at some arbitrary figure, 10 million, 20 million, 50 million, 100 million, whatever. You purchase it and then you donate it to a, donate it to a a museum and that's your, you know, $50 million write off for the year. And you do that a bunch of times and you're basically negative and your tax and your tax uh, um, dues each year. And, you know, that actually makes a lot of sense to me that that's probably. Oh yeah, actually it makes, yeah. I may have spoken too soon about this all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course there has to be some more multiple angles to this, this racket because it's a joke. It is a joke when you look again, totally subjective, but there are plenty of these things where I, I remember one, this is from a few shows ago. It was literally a blank canvas that was going for a couple hundred grand. And then it turns out, well, no, it's not blank. It's, it's a very unique shade of white. It's a, it's a large white square on the canvas. It's just so close to the color of the canvas that you literally can't tell. And that's the genius of it, apparently. And it's that's hard, man. That that that's hard to justify, but also, you know, if someone wants to have that and I mean art is so weird, isn't it? So interesting yeah. if you think about it. Um and I'm I, you know, I took like enough art history in college to be maybe a little bit dangerous. And and when you go back in antiquity and look at things that we would consider like masters, um, there, you know, the, those hyper-realist paintings that the Dutch were doing, for example, you know, that predates photography. So there's sort of a, there's a utilitarian piece to it, right? right. It's like, oh, I want a picture of my great grandfather. And the only way to do it is to hire um, Vermeers to, you know, <laughs> do it so I can look at my great or whatever, but yeah, it was, yeah. it was hyper realist. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I really like art and I like going to museums and galleries, but like ultra modern, uh, like mo- just modern art. That's much more sort of theoretical. And, um, it's not about the thing, but it's about this sort of bigger thing. It's not about the object. It's about sort of the context that that that's sure. where I get a little bit lost, um, you know, and, and Sarah and I, you know, we it's funny when we got married, we said like, oh, each each wedding anniversary, we're going to buy ourselves a piece of art that we like. And we and we mostly have done that every year. But it's usually like a painting by someone that we know from Nantucket who does paintings that we really like to look at. We're not buying yeah. it because like some commentary on capitalism or whatever, whatever. It's just interesting how some people well, approach that, That's great. I mean, look, art itself is amazing. And yeah. art it inspires and it communicates, tells stories. Yeah. And there's so many things. And 
again, also so subjective, but Bitcoin lens stuff, once, once you start thinking about the world this way, you, you right. really can't unsee the, the absurd values that go on some of these things. Right. But it, but it makes sense in a way because they're scarce assets. So right. they're doing their job in a fiat world. There's a limited number of something that people do want. There's a demand for a limited supply. There's yeah. a limited number of bananas taped to the wall. <laughs> fortunately. Ah, yeah, fortunately. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's interesting. The And just the other thing I'll say about it, though, too, it's just Miami is having a real moment. And totally. it's very opulent. Gilded. Talk about Gilded Age. You look around that town. The the traffic, though, there's a lot of construction right now because they're doing this massive freeway project. But yeah. it's the traffic that week is insane. But it's just the 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 Lambos and the the these Rolls Royce SUVs and just all the mega the G G wagons that have like um, axles, like have like multiple sets of wheels. They're elongated. Like what is it? What's even happening? What you? Know, where are we? It's incredible. It's absurd. Yeah, it's peak fiat. So it's just also it feels also like, hey guys, get while the getting's good. It feels like we're at the end. Yeah, the final market's at an all time high. Yeah, these are end of empire things. Yeah, um, and and you know we're we're about eleven months out from a presidential election, and that's going to be. That's going to be an empire maker or breaker, probably, or at least it'll have something to do with the next hundred well, years. It's it's um, it's it's a shame we didn't start this project a few years ago, and just to chronicle, say the COVID years, and really as time capsules, truly yeah. a digital digital diaries of yeah. what we as a we as people, we as friends, as a, as a nation, as a world. But now we are. And so we have now, I agree, we've got about a year going into this next election and so many things in the world. I mean, forget about Bitcoin. I mean, just big picture world issues. It is going to be fascinating. We can talk about it on the show. I, you know, I'm not afraid. We don't have to sort of worry about offending anyone. No. Our po- it's not red, blue political. Other than your mom, who's our only diehard listener. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that one person in Phoenix or whatever. Oh Do no, we, we, we should now. It's we have multiple European listeners now: Belgium, France, England. Yeah, we're international, baby. We are. We are international. We are. And people, anyone hearing this, by the way, that first of all, thank you. Yeah. Also, please let us know. Reach out to us. D- you know, hit us up on Twitter. One way ratchet. Follow us. Tell a friend. Help us grow. You're you're in at the you're in at the ground floor right here. You're, you you right. were in at the beginning. That's and right. You can help spread the message of of this of this thing that we think is so interesting. And and what we're getting to now, I'm happy that we're transitioning now. Oh, the the first ten was a great way to start. Yeah, and it was also great practice for us to to learn how to do these things. It gave but us dis- so much, totally discipline. Well said. And you know, learning on learning on the job. Yep. Only way to learn is through experience, right. trial and error. Do it. Right. But now we have we have a format here. We can go anywhere. Though I would really love to hear feedback from any of the listeners about any what they would like us to cover. 
Yeah. What can we do better? What would they like to see? It would be helpful. Yep. Um, let me switch gears on the topic of, of end of empires. Have you seen the trailer for this new movie coming out called civil war? No. Oh my gosh. You got to Google it. So, um, it's got the guy from parks and rec, um, Nick Offerman, Offerman, Offerman. Yep. Yep. He plays, uh, the president and it's a, it's a near future scenario where where the the u.s has been divided into the western territories which is california and texas and then there's like the southern alliance and then the and it's it's about a sort of a civil war in obviously redundant in america that's like tearing the country apart um and and what a what a what a wonderfully timed uh slash scary film to come out i can't wait to see it it looks it looks really interesting that look that sounds so right up my alley i am shocked that i haven't heard anything about it but in fairness i don't pay any attention i don't watch commercials i'll skip them like during a football game and i'm not really i'm not at movies so i never see trailers so what do i know yeah i saw it on twitter i think um and it it just looks i mean who knows it could be it could be stupid but but it it the idea of it is and and by the way like a civil war in America it's not like that's some ridiculously far fetched idea like we've had one in the last two hundred years you know uh, uh, we and, ra- ra- and, yeah somebody yeah. as with his finger uh, well on the pulse of the world Ray Dalio runs yeah. the biggest hedge fund in the world in Bridgewater he gives it about a third about a one in three chance that the U S will will be an actual civil war. In the coming decades, yeah, yeah, that's well, that, pretty that's realistic what this movie to me. Takes on is um is it like a Philip Dick novel or something? It sounds like it would be based on some kind of science fiction. No, it's got to be based on something. The director is a guy um, that we know, and and not we we know personally. Um, it's Kirsten Dunst. Uh, Alex Garland is the director who directed. Um, he directed. Uh, uh, the beach 28 days later, um, and, and, uh, a movie called Sun and, uh, ex machina. Oh, um, so I movies, uh, he, 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 uh, wrote and directed devs that miniseries. Devs. Oh. Yeah. Also amazing. By the way, anyone who's listening to this, if right. you haven't seen ex machina and you have not seen the show devs on Hulu, make yep. that your next order of business. Also offer Offerman. Yeah. Devs. Right. So I, that's why I mentioned it to you because I knew that you you were a fan of his. Um, I knew you were a fan of that show. You're the one who turned me on to that show. So, so he's, uh, you know, he's the director, and uh, it, it looks really neat. It's Kirsten Dunst, um, and uh, uh, who else? Nick Offerman, Jesse Plemons, who's great, uh, and Jesse um, Plemons gets himself cast. In all kinds of great projects, yeah. that guy is a knack for mass, it. The Master, Irishman, Power of the Dog, Killers of the Flower Moon. Like he's he's crushing it. Oh, Breaking Boy, Bad. He's married to Kirsten Dunst. Actually, I'm just now seeing. Plemons is. Yeah, he's outpunted his coverage with that one. I got to say, big time, dude. Big that, time. Talk about a talk about a mismatch. Holy smokes! <laughs> that is cool. cool so, to tie that a little bit to the Bitcoin lens. There, it's scary out there. I mean, the the political divide, in, in as far as I'm aware, and certainly in our lifetimes, 
it's never been we've never been more divided and where there actually is no common ground it seems like anymore politically yeah and especially now in the media we've always been politically divided but it used there still used to just be the nightly news Tom Brokaw right. or something like that, That's or right. even, or, you know, going uh, Walter Cronkite going back and, <laughs> and we're post, we're post truth. We have two different sets of news, two different sets of facts, social media, the whole thing. It's so bifurcated that, yeah, I think the, the stage is set for something like that. I have no idea how it would go violent in any way and having maybe state, how would you, how would it even happen? Sort of state um, national well, it was guards. Militia. It was militias in this movie. It looks like it's militia against like whatever military power the U.S. government has. And there's this scene in the trailer where they say, you know, you're you're actually gonna you know drop bombs on U.S. citizens. And the president says something like, "Well, they're not actually U.S. citizens anymore." Oh, jeez, like that. But by the way, on the topic of Bitcoin, like, not that we're doomsday preppers here, but you know. Wouldn't you rather have Bitcoin in your pocket than U.S. legal tender should things go super sideways? Oh, you mean the, this worthless paper to wipe your ass with? You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the um, this gets back to the the meme, the at, maybe at the heart of all the Bitcoin memes is the flowchart of it starts with the question, is it good for Bitcoin? Question mark. And then it, it flows over to yes. And, and that's it. And that's the flowchart. There is no no. <laughs> it's just yes. Well, that is true. It's also it, it can be a few chess moves down the road to eventually get to the yes. But the the more conflict in the world, the more chaos, the more that systems are destabilized and all, you know, all the above, the better it is for this immutable thing that no one can control and just is oblivious to all of it. It just keeps doing its thing. So yeah, another reason to stack Bitcoin is it, it's just an insurance policy against the world. Right. And I don't think, obviously, I don't think this is going to happen, but the, the thing that gives me such hope, getting back to sort of episode 10, where we, in the last episode, where we ended, is that Bitcoin is so hopeful because it really cuts through the red blue divide more than anything I have ever seen. Yeah. And there are ardent supporters on both sides. There is a bill before Congress with two senators, Gillibrand from New York and Lummis from Wyoming, who probably vote they probably vote separately ninety five percent of the time, at least. Uh -huh. Very conservative, very progressive. They have co sponsored this sort of crypto regulation, but regulation in a good way, just establishing the rules for crypto. And it's a good example of that. And I think we need it more than anything, right? Could, can you imagine anything better? How about this for another positive externality of adopting Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. It's just helping the political gridlock that here's an it, issue it, people can agree on. It may be the one thing that our deeply divided government can agree on. Right. Well, the people, like the voters, the people vote with their pocketbook more than anything else. Right. The, the economy, jobs, things that affect them financially directly are very often the most, the number one when they do the polls of voter issues. Well, as more people see their wealth go up, thanks to Bitcoin, what do you think they're going to vote for? I mean, it's really, it's going to become a single issue voting block. 
right. I'm that way now. I voted for both parties throughout my life, and I am pretty much a centrist. But I now am a single issue voter. Yeah, whichever candidate is better for Bitcoin gets my vote, and because the the issue, because it's too important. Everything yeah. else is, is gridlock anyway. It's all right. it's all you know most of it. You know, of course, there are issues, especially at the extremes, that are very important. I, you know, I'm not I'm not saying that that they're not. Here's a here's a big meta question. If I'm a politician and I'm for Bitcoin, in a way, that's saying I'm for my own destruction. In a way, because we've talked about the proximity of political system to the lever of of fiat, and so you have to be someone who actually and actually, by the way, what a great litmus test to for for a politician. Because if you're if you're if you're prioritizing Bitcoin, you are by definition prioritizing something that that destabilizes the very structure into which you're trying to be a part. And so uh, you're doing it probably maybe short term to get votes, but long term because you believe in this bigger thing, which is Bitcoin, which which um, is is like anti politics, anti fiat. A hundred percent. Right. It'd be like running on a running on a term limits uh, platform. Yeah. For example, or running reduction. on a smaller government platform, yeah. right? It's right. You are deep, right. deep, de, you know, whatever, deplatforming yourself or something in yeah. a way. Yeah. The um, I agree, but I think it's also very telling that you have in this election, again, chronicling the next eleven months. Yeah, we have a viable independent candidate, lifelong Democrat, who switched to independent for all kinds of you know important reasons because he he couldn't be on. There's no way he could have get a fair fight in the Democratic primary because it's an absolute rigged game, which for another day. But in Kennedy, very pro Bitcoin. You right. have on the right, you have multiple candidates. You have Vivek. You have DeSantis, very pro Bitcoin. Yeah, I, this is new. I don't. I can't think of too many issues where you have major candidates for president on opposite sides agreeing and by the way how interesting that that you know the third party candidate was a family that up until a few years ago you would have said is the absolute like bedrock foundation of one specific party like what does that you say in our country in the mount rushmore of democratic party politics and in, in the pantheon right kennedy family is i, I don't know who would you put above them you wouldn't. No, nobody. And, yeah. and then, you know, and, and, and it's it's uh, it's pretty remarkable, really, uh, that now that candidate has has is has no place in the party that his family sort of in a way created the modern version of that. They are the poster children of that party and there's no place for him in it. That's sort of interesting. Yeah. And it's. I get, I mean, I do understand the incumbent party rarely wants a legitimate challenger against right. from its own party against the incumbent president. I get it. Like that's this it's systemic. It's not, this is not a left, right, red, blue, but man, did they rig the primary, the rules of the primary and the way that whole thing works to make it impossible for there to even be a legitimate challenger. And that's, yeah. that goes against our, the ethos of a democracy. Yeah, it's supposed to be that we the people. It's supposed to be the voters decide these things, not the parties. And it's you know, just I was, I was thinking about something you said a few minutes ago about 
the the notion of sort of global chaos actually is is a use case for Bitcoin. It's sort of a, a platform for Bitcoin. And I was thinking about how, you know, the little I remember from high school science, like entropy chaos is the direction mm -hmm. of the universe. And it's just another example to me of how Bitcoin takes the best of all currency that we've ever known and it takes the best of all sort of assets that we've ever known and also sort of staples it to a a process that's a universal process not a human made or human um uh sort of uh altered process and and I, like i never connected those dots about the you know if I think about where, where's Bitcoin best, well, if I'm in a war-torn country, I really, really, really want Bitcoin because not only is my currency going to tank, but also someone may come in with a machine gun and take it. Um, and, and, and you can't do that with Bitcoin. And if chaos is the direction that the whole universe, I mean, that's the second law of thermodynamics. That's not like up for debate. That's the direction <laughs> that things go. And if we found a thing that actually thrives in uh, a chaotic, increasingly chaotic world, whether it's a state or a country or a globe um, that, that thrives in that space. Like, well, how exciting is that? Oh, a hundred percent. The, if you think about that in the chaotic times that because nobody can control Bitcoin, no one has an advantage, no one, no country, no person, the richest person, the Michael sailors have no ability to manipulate change, do anything to their advantage. Because of that, Bitcoin is for enemies as much as for, for allies. It's trustless. Yeah. It's completely trustless. And that's why you can trust it. You know, it's, this is sort of, this is uh, a little topsy-turvy, but, be, and that's the thing that gives it such strength and why the inevitability of it as more and more individuals but then nation states will all come to understand that and because they can't do anything to stop it or change it the only option they have left is to accept it and i think you know it'll take some time to play out and it's going to happen in different sort of fits and starts and different places around the world but in the same way that gold would do incredibly well during any conflict and always does yeah, it's one of the factors that sends the price of gold upwards is when there is conflict and now people have more of a need for it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because for the same reasons, because yeah. you can trust gold, assuming it's not counterfeit or whatever, but you can test it and gold is gold. Right. And man, I know I hope it doesn't go that way. Right. Obviously. But that's the insurance policy aspect of it. You this is what Bitcoin gives you. The savings technology, number go up technology in a flourishing, beautiful world. It's also the insurance policy against the world going to shit. It's like a self-contained hedge in that way. Yes. And all um, you have to do is, is buy some and right. hold it. And that's it. You don't really, you know, it, it gets back. It's so simple that it's, it's the understanding is the hard part, which I get. And, and getting people to get off zero understanding, yep. which is why we're doing these. Right. And I, I get, I, here's another thing, just as I, I didn't, I, mean, I could keep going on this, but just as a thought of it about the understanding 
I've spent some time recently back in Florida, and I, I've seen some people that I, I don't I don't usually see very often. And of course, I can't help myself. I I talk about Bitcoin all the time. Oh my God! Again, the just the lack of understanding that very few people own any, right. very few people have any idea about these things we're talking about. I'm getting a little bit more interest, I think, of course, because of price always. And because of and, our pod. Well, and they've heard of the pod. Like, they, you know, as around the dinner table, they're like, oh, oh, my God. You're much more, you're much better looking in person than the voice <laughs> that I hear. <laughs> to me, they say you're way shorter in person. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's just a, it's just torso. Do you see on the, on the video version here? I have no legs. Um, I was thinking about Bitcoin the other day. I'm listening, um to an audio book, which is, uh, it, it's, it's the biography of my favorite writer, Philip Roth. Yes. Um, and it's about an 880 page book. So it's a 37 hour audio book. And I was thinking about Bitcoin actually just this morning. I listen to it every day when I drive into school and I drive our oldest kid and she's like, Oh, Philip Roth again. Great. <laughs> like she wants to play, you know, Cardi B. But um, anyway, I put it on and I'm like, she's learning something at least just through osmosis. Sure. Oh um, yeah. But there was a section this morning where there was a time in the late sixties um, right after the Russian invasion of Czechoslovakia where um the the intellectuals of of Czechoslovakia, Prague specifically, but the whole country, um, the writers, the the professors, um, the artists were were basically forced to do manual labor. So they'd be selling you know hot dogs on the street or sausages on the street. They'd be street sweeping. They'd be delivering you know newspapers, whatever, because they were sort of held out of because they had been the first dissidents of the of the communist regime uh, in Czechoslovakia, they were sort of they weren't allowed to hold any positions of power. Right. And Philip Roth had known a bunch of them and had um, spent a lot of his early career sort of in in uh, letter uh, in in communication with them via letters, and then spent some time over there. And he then took it upon himself with a number of other. Uh, American writers to send money to them um, on on sort of regular occasions, just so they could have access to things like typewriters or ink or whatever they weren't allowed to buy or couldn't have under the regime. And it was making me think of the case for Bitcoin about, you know, that's just a, a really specific example. And they talked a lot about how he would spend, he Roth would spend hours every week at this Hungarian travel agency in New York that enabled him to send money to these people under the auspices that it was coming from their family members because all of yeah. these things were opened by the government. And if they found there was a group of American writers funding Czechoslovakian writers, they just confiscate the money. And like how interesting that is, obviously, you know, a long time ago and in a time when you couldn't wire money in the way we can now or whatever. But Right. You know, it speaks to th this is an age old thing, I guess, is my point. And for yeah. the first time, we have this solution that's that's an, an ingenious one and sort of defies any ability of a oppressive regime to squash it. Well, look at you. So so like you're shifting gears like a Rolls Royce here. You just you somehow worked in Roth and Bitcoin into the same 
paragraph. That is no small feat. You're very proud of yourself there. I'm quite sure. <laughs> I just wanted That's a to win. let you know I was taking That is down a win for Trent, people. The guy, his. <laughs> I hope it's not annoying. No, are you kidding? Forget about the song. I think really the lasting impact of these pods are people are going to do an elaborate study. There'll be theses, theses written on the literary <laughs> references of One Way Ratchet and what that means. Well, the, we do need to have a book club at some point. Oh, absolutely. Book, book reviews. We're getting into those next for sure. The, yep. But the you did highlight something else that is so important about First of all, the, the failure of the financial system in general, the that Czechoslovakia and Soviet era, Soviet era, it's a perfect example. It's happening right now in China that right. governments control access to the banking system or access to money or, you know, it's limited. It's gatekeep, gatekeeping and toll collecting and outright censorship, yeah. censorship and getting money, remitting money across borders is a massive it's a multi-trillion dollar you know we call it a business but it's a it's a big sector of a lot of economies in fact it's a meaningful amount of the gdp of a lot of poor countries comes from remittances right and western union is taking an absurd cut it's dangerous there's all kinds of problems with it but you now have an ability with bitcoin you can send any amount of value to anyone in the world, essentially instantly and essentially free, and nobody can stop it. Just the use case of that, right? It's incredible. It's so positive, and it's and nobody knows. That's the other thing. It's you don't have to out yourself by waiting in line at the Western Union where you might get some cash from a family member, but then you're going to get mugged, right? The criminals are watching people come out. You know, there's a lot of just basic safety around yep. money. That also Bitcoin completely abstracts away and it's just this digital thing on your phone no one even knows and you know this is funny too because th what we've been talking about is like the dark side it's like if things go wrong if there's a coup if there's an invasion if things fall apart if a government breaks down that's the downside and it's still upside uh yes the upside upside are the things we talked about around around being able to be in control of your destiny being able to uh, hold assets over a long amount of time and not have them erode being uh, energy sustainable energy positive like like those are the upside upsides and even the downsides have upsides so it's it's this sort of amazing uh, thing that sits at the nexus of all of these different topics that you know for for me are of, of just like deep interest and that's been the most fun part about this is like not just like bitcoin as itself but bitcoin as it relates to all these other things that are interesting Okay, well, I know we're we're coming to a stop here, but um, do you have anything on your radar? I think it'd be fun to talk at the end of these pods, like to give give the people just any. It could be a catch-all, anything on your radar, uplifting, positive, fun. Yeah, I mean, we're in the uh, in the final weeks of the of the year, uh, which is always an exciting and interesting time. One of probably for a lot of people, introspection. Um, a lot of fun family travel coming up, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, and, and one of the things I like to do most on travel on, on vacation time is obviously do a lot of reading. So I have a whole bunch of books that I'm excited, including um, 
what for me will be the final Cormac McCarthy novel that I have not read. Um, so I can't wait to take that down soon. Which one's your, uh, what's your last one? Cities of the Plain, which is the middle of the three mm. from the Border Trilogy. The Crossing was the first. Cities of the Plain is the second. And then one that everybody's heard of, All the Pretty Horses, was the third. So this okay. is the last one for me. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. that would be exciting. Um, to do some, some actual, especially in the mix of all the holiday rush, yeah. to be able to unwind, to actually sit down, get off the effing screens that we're all on yeah. way too much, and just immerse yourself into a book with someone who, with the mastery of language, like McCormack, especially, it's yeah. just a gift to yourself. I, I, I don't read enough. I don't read as much as you, but I, I try. And man, there, I would say that and walking are just two things that anyone can do. Everyone yeah. has the ability to do it. You have to prioritize it. That's but right. there's nothing better you can do for yourself. It's the best. It's it the lifts best. your spirits. I, mean, I, think I, just you, I, I think I told you, I, I still have a grandmother who's 90. She's about to be 96 in a week. And you have I a grandmother her, and you just, you just lost a grandfather, which is yeah. incredible. Just lost a grandfather. Uh, three. Uh, I had three grandparents 15 months ago. That's so incredible. So I now I'm down to one. Um, and I asked her once, I said, uh, you know, what's your, what's your secret? And she said, friends, alcohol, and reading, and not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And by the way, there's some truth to that. Oh, my God. Is there a truth to that? The, Holds up. I would say we should all pay heed to what our elders you know who've been around the sun many more rotations than we have they have a collected wisdom that we don't indeed indeed awesome well it's always good to see you my friend um, you too this is great I, I like going off book take it okay. away take it away well this has been a great rip this has been something of a arts and letters theme you know what I mean? Like, I feel like so much of what we've been doing is about sort of economics, money. Mm -hmm. This was our arts and culture issue. What's the yeah. section in the New York Times, the, like the the weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arts and culture, opinion, uh, op-ed. Op-ed. But no, but, for, you know, really like movies, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. music, art. We this talked is, about I a think lot. we could do this. We, we could make this a quarterly gig, at least. Uh, at that least. It's just like, at least. Yeah, Not we, to mention, we, people, I'm going to tease something that Trent and I have in the works, a number of side projects, okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's all for the next year and the years to come. It's actually all for the, wars the to side come. projects for us. That's right. The so, main thing is only the – actually. the main thing is actually the side thing. The side things are the main thing. <laughs> We're going we'll topsy-turvy even He'll on that. You. He'll flip you. He'll flip you for real. <laughs> so now I think we both sound a little different right now. We should probably come clean on this. I've been taking uh, hormone replacement therapy to, to, to raise my voice. Um, my my nuts are shrinking, and uh, I am I'm recording from an iPad and using uh, AirPods, and I'm in my in-laws' uh, place in Florida. So we're, who's in the know, closet now? Who's in the Who's in your parents' closet now? Huh? Who's in the Florida closet now? Who's in the Florida? Uh, seriously. I, Wait, we've just switched. We've you're, switched. You're where I was, and I'm where you are now. We <laughs> just we flipped, we went full top and, and, and we literally crossed paths in the air, essentially. Yeah, I think um, I waved at you from my plane. 
<laughs> By the way, our flight, uh, we have four kids and one of them, two of them get, get just incredible motion sickness. So we, we spent uh, we, right before coming to Florida, we drove up to the mountains in Tahoe, had, had multiple, you know, car sickness, vomit bags filled, and then spent the whole flight across filling up vomit bags too. So we're psyched to be on solid ground here for a while at sea level. Terra, terra firma, sea yeah. level. It's a lot to be said. Holy crap. Yeah. So it was. I didn't was, realize that. I mean, I've traveled with some of your kids before. I didn't realize uh, that there's actual sickness to that level. Oh, my God. It's it's sort of unbelievable. And I, I happen to be sitting next to, on the flight, the one who's, like, the most susceptible to it. And it was like a – every time I started to doze off, it was like, Dad, I need to <laughs> – Jeez. We, Wait, did, so just – yeah, sharing well, your uh, your gin and tonics with her doesn't help. Yeah, exactly. That might have been the problem. I gave her too many. Um, she, you know, we we're pretty good at it now. We we travel with a bunch of gallon size Ziploc bags, so we can like, you know, deal with whatever contingency plans. And, and they're and they're so good at it too that they sort of keep their hair and clothing away from the <laughs> away from the <laughs> spew. So it works out fine. It's pretty well, good. That'll. That'll be a useful uh, skill to have going into college for yeah. for them all. They don't yeah. need anybody to hold their hair back. They can yeah. figure it out themselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it. I, don't worry. I, I got this. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> well, anyway, this okay. episode is a continuation because we sort of we 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 sort of rushed the ending last time, so we wanted to tack on a, an appendix. Maybe would you call this? Yes, an appendix. Yeah. Well, we we cannot leave the people songless that that there's just no right. there's no way we could do that now that's right and i fell into it because i picked a song and i've actually forgotten the song but i picked a song last time that was a a a uh we'd already used that artist and what we're trying to do is really get a new artist every time so i i racked my brain on my cross-country flight and came up with a song that i think is a good one because you know if i think back on the theme of this episode it's it's really about the chaotic world the fact that there's there are a couple choices in a chaotic world and one of them is to sort of stick with your guns and, and go with your gut and commit to something uh you know we talked about a lot of things last time but that was one of the things you need only read the show notes to know that we were bouncing all over the place uh <laughs> and the the and, and i was also trying to find an artist that we hadn't done before and so there's this great song by Sturgill Simpson, who you and I both oh, yes. like a lot. Uh, and and the title, I think, says it all. Uh, the lyrics, when you dig in to this song, the lyrics are focusing on the idea that the world re really doesn't care about you a whole hell of a lot. And the best thing you can do is stick to the things that are, are meaningful and stick to the things that, that hold meaning for you. And so the song is... Great title, Life Ain't Fair and the World is Mean, uh, is the song by Sturgill Simpson. And so that, to me, is a song that is a good summation of, of what we talked about. And and as I said, if you dig into the lyrics, first of all, it's just a great song. It's like a good sort of nouveau country song, as Sturgill Simpson is uh, want to to drop. And uh the lyrics and the and the tune is just it's a great sort of uplifting song and uh and that's the that's the song of the day and and a new artist for us so here we go love, continuing to branch out love it sturgill's very welcome that's a high quality addition good to to good, our good, roster 
Good. That name, by the way, what a song name. That could be – that's the elevator pitch for this pod maybe in some way – or for buying Bitcoin, I should say, right? Well, that that's it. I mean that's what made me think about it You know, because we did talk so much about chaos and the future of the world and, and, and what can you do to sort of as a stay against uh, – um, by the way, this actually reminds me of total non sequitur, but um, I think it was Robert Frost, but it might not have been who, to, who, who, when, when asked to define poetry, he said it's a momentary stay against confusion, and uh, <laughs> and so I think uh, I think that's part of what we're talking about too. Is what are the things in this chaotic world, things that you know, in a world that things that happen are often hard to understand or hard to justify. Um, what are the things you can sort of hang on to and hold on to? By the way, for me, this pod is one. Being able to like check in with you and talk about whatever is always fun. But the uh, and today is Christmas Day, so it's a season of you know gratitude and that's right, and love and all that. Uh, so this song for me, the Sturgill Simpson one, is all about this. Like, what are, what are some things you can hang on to amidst a lot of things that you can't control? Um, and so that's why I picked it, and it felt like it captured what we were talking about. Excellent. Well done, amigo. I am about to go for a hike. I'm going to yes. listen to some Sturgill. I will. That's my first order of business. Dude, he also has this great. Um, he has this great album that's all bluegrass covers, and I think it's called like Cutting the Grass or something like that. That's an incredible album to listen to because it's all bluegrass standards, but it's done in his sort of rock hillbilly, yeah. all country way. You should check that out too. But you start with Life Amp Fair and the World is Mean. It's a good place to start. I sure will. Love All right, it. amigo. Enjoy Love your it. hike. Thank this you. This is our first you ever Christmas pod. Merry Christmas this... to those who celebrate. <laughs> Merry Christmas <laughs> to those who celebrate. The first of all the milestones. Yeah. Every single I mean, thing, right? So exciting. So exciting. I got a big prime rib in the oven. I got to go check on the temp, make sure I haven't overcooked it, and you're going to go on a hike. Boom. That's it, people. All right, buddy. Great seeing you, See you. Dan. All right. You too. Adios. See you, man. Bye. Out. Bye.